it is always wonderful to hear the personal story of a practitioner many decades after their success in today's episode we will answer three questions how was myra's personal journey with sleep how did she bring in a dinacharya daily routine specific to her which improved her sleep is having a dinacharya specific to each of us a foundation to good sleep ayurvedic practitioner and ayurveda yoga therapist myra luen is a professional member of the national ayurvedic medical association and a master yogini Myra has amassed more than 100,000 hours of yoga teaching experience spanning 30 plus years of practice. In 1999, Myra founded Hale Pule Ayurveda and Yoga. She is the author of several acclaimed books on Ayurvedic nourishment. She is the host of two remarkable podcasts on holistic healing. Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga at Hale Pule and Spark Your Intuition. Do excuse the noise in the background. Let's get started. Hey everyone, I'm Deepa, Light Functional Medicine Practitioner, author and yogini and you're listening to the Sleep Whisperer podcast, the only sleep podcast with conversations and meditations. I'm on a mission to share profoundly insightful sleep conversations with global visionaries that merge together functional medicine and ancient wisdom. Breathe in bliss through weekly guided meditations and let yourself enter the land of dreams. Together, let's unravel the pieces, get to the roots and understand the right tools to transform your sleep completely. Through this podcast I want you to dream the best version of yourself. It's time to regain hope and begin your sleep journey. Myra, it's a pleasure to have you today on the Sleep Whisperer podcast with me and uh today we're talking about your personal journey which I'm really excited to hear about because just to know what brought you into this space of ayurveda and you've been there for such a long time you bring so much wisdom to so many people so we are here to discuss and how an ayurvedic practitioner's journey took the turn uh in the context of sleep of course but in general transformation so maybe if we could get started just talking a little bit about your personal journey how you came into the space of ayurveda and then we can come into the context of sleep okay thank you thanks for having me deepa um in Ayur- ayurveda you know, as i look back at my life ayurveda was something i was looking for for many many years uh, i i never felt well growing up i had uh i i wasn't uh formally ill ever actually i, I only had one cold when i was growing up but i had pain in my body and i never felt good when i ate and so those you know these these are things that um as i came into young adulthood i wanted to find a solution and 
I looked a lot of places, all the typical places that one could look at that time, which was mostly uh, Western medicine, and did a lot of work in that area, actually, and uh, had planned to go to medical school. And, and then after working in the medical field, I decided not to. And so, so it took some time after that. I tried everything to be healthy. <laughs> And I was just reading everything I could find and, and, you know, found some old books on herbalism and, and, uh, and the, the person who cleaned my school when I was growing up, he was an herbalist and he used to take us out into the woods and show us the different plants and things. So that was, you know, those were the things that, that made me actually have some openness to it. And I really didn't come to it until I had been practicing yoga uh, for a little while. And my yoga teacher introduced me to it. And my first reaction was, oh, it seems too complicated. I think so. <laughs> and, uh, you know, she, she showed us um, uh, an, old, an old video back then um, that when it was a big thing to have a video, actually. And we, you know, and I, I couldn't really hear it. Uh, I just wasn't open enough. So I continued to practice yoga and then I came to it when, when um, uh, I was actually complaining about my body being stiff and people said, oh, you know, you, you need to try the ghee. <laughs> and so finally I did. And that really opened it up. And then everything made so much sense to me. It was just that, as, if, as if all of the, the unanswered questions I had had some explanation, you know, and then, and then also then I felt empowered by it in the sense that, ah, these are things that I have control over that I can do something about. And so uh, that's, that's, that's what happened. And then, and, and, and it made so much sense in combination with yo my yoga practices and my yoga teaching. And, and so then it just, it grew from there. Uh, that's it. it it's, um, I, I, I often say it's what made my life make sense you know, because it, I was able to take not only my health and how I felt, but my spiritual life and bring it all together and, and, and realize how it all works together because it's all a holistic system. Beautiful. And how was your personal journey with sleep? Did you ever have any challenges or even just not sleeping absolutely perfectly? Because sometimes people tend to associate sleep issues only if they've got a sleep disorder, but that's not necessarily the case. Maybe we just are light mm -hmm. sleepers. And did you notice any connection to your body constitution after you embraced Ayurveda and noticed that intersection between body constitution and sleep? Oh, yes. <laughs> I think it's really interesting that you're asking me about sleep because I have quite had quite a journey with it. I, uh, I was always a light sleeper. Uh, I uh, you know, where I would end up down out, out of the house and down the street and things like that. But I also, um, uh, and then I went into as a young adult, I, I had some years that I thought I didn't need to sleep. And so uh, I went to, I went to graduate school and for two and a half years, and I didn't sleep more than three hours a night that whole time. Now I function and I didn't use caffeine. And that 
but I paid a price for it afterwards. And so what I've learned about it and what has since changed is that it's not just the quantity of sleep, but it's the quality of the sleep. And that is affected by the constitution and by the imbalance of the constitution. So I, I have a lot of vata in the constitution and vata can, excess vata can disturb the sleep. Excess pitta can disturb the sleep as well. And uh, meaning that it becomes lesser quantity, lesser quality in each of those cases. If there's excess kapha dosha, then we have a tendency to sleep too much. And it seems like there's never enough. And then, and then we get lethargic and, and feel heavy. Yeah, so each of them can have an influence. And since we each have all three doshas in us, then it makes sense that we have to have some balance of the doshas in order to have good sleep. So we have the tendencies. And so, for example, I had to calm vata and pitta for it. And, and it took a little while. It's not something that, it, for me, it, it, I, I honestly, I fought it. I didn't, I kept wanting to, you know, wanting to stay up and not thinking, oh, and thinking, oh, no, I don't need to sleep. Uh, but I really did, you know, because our sleep is when we do our, our most significant healing. You know, these days, everybody likes to talk about I'm healing, I'm healing the past or I'm healing my body. And in order to do those things, we have to have that rest. And, there, and so, uh, so for me, it was learning how to sleep and some little things that I do to help keep Vata calm and keep my sleep much more peaceful. Uh, and so once I learned about Ayurveda and, and the constitution, it was, uh oh, <laughs> I see what's happening here. And, uh, and so it, it, and when the doshas are out of balance, Vata in particular, Vata and Pitta, they, the mind gets a little bit off. Yeah, the mind, we won't, we won't tell ourselves the truth necessarily. And so uh, like I said, that with that excess vata, I just wanted to keep going. Well, I can, I can do it. Then why shouldn't I do it? And, you know, as we get older, we find out because we accumulate the, the results of doing those kinds of things over a long period of time. So I have quite a journey with sleep. So these days I, I, I have a little cotton in my ears and I, and I cover the top of my head and my ears when I sleep. And I sleep well most of the time. Yeah. And I've done so many episodes on Ayurveda. Myra, we spoke about Ratri Acharya, but I love to because you spoke about Vata and then what you did for it. And I'd love to we hear so much about Dinacharya. So I'd love for you to talk about what is a Dinacharya and whether you brought a Dinacharya specific. Uh, in a way that it helped you move past towards better sleep and calm down the vata because what you described as overdoing I mean that this seems to describe the entire modern world today of overdoing yes. and ticking things off the list perpetually growing list uh, so if you could talk us through a dinacharya how did you apply it to yourself so that we really see how we apply a practice which becomes sustainable long-term. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Well, I mentioned those couple of little things I do, which is with, uh, with cotton in the ears. And even for people who use earplugs, 
I think that the cotton in the ears is different. Uh, and, and so it, it's something to consider. But, uh, but the practice of abhyanga was very significant for me. I, you know, my body having a lot of vata and in my constitution, as well as being out of balance with it, was extremely dry. And so the oil uh, just calmed the nerves. It calmed my system tremendously. So abhyanga is oiling the body in a very specific pattern for calming vata dosha. And, and so that's something that I started doing. I, in the beginning, I did it in the, in the evening before bed because it helped me to sleep. Now that's, you know, you put the oil on and then you let it be on for a little while and then you, then you bathe you know, without soap. So you're not going to bed with the oil all over you, but your skin is going to be fairly saturated, hopefully. And so that's, uh, that's something that made a big, big difference. The other thing that made a big difference too was to have regular meal times and regular sleep time. Uh, and that's in learning about that and in Ayurveda and how the doshas uh, function through the course of the day, you know, then it just makes sense. Oh, yes, you know, I need to go to bed before 10 o'clock because if I stay up past 10, then I'm going to be, my mind is going to get very active in, with the pitta coming up. And so, uh, and, and so that, that also made a big, big difference in my ability to go to sleep. Yeah. And could we talk a little bit about that, Myra? Because I know that a lot of times there are people who are changing these rhythms every single day. They're eating different times every day, sleeping at different times, and all the more so on the weekdays and the weekends. Um, and somehow, you know, they feel they're doing something beneficial because they're trying to catch up on sleep because they're not sleeping optimally through the week. So maybe they sleep longer, wake up very late in the morning on the weekend. So maybe if you could just talk us through why is it so important to have these rhythms set in a way where it's the same every day? Mm -hmm. it, it is important. And and that has to do with the function of the doshas or the, the elements in us, in our bodies. And so each dosha is, is, has a primary time where it's active. So I mentioned pitta dosha, which is responsible for transformation and healing. It, it's, and that, that's active between 10, approximately 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. and also during 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And uh, vata then comes after that, uh, excuse me, though, um, yeah, vata comes after that and then kapha comes after that. So for example, then when people are having difficulty going to sleep and their mind is going, 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 well, we know the pitta is high, that's it. But if somebody goes to sleep just fine, but then they, they're waking up at three o'clock uh, or maybe, they're, and maybe they go back to sleep and then they wake up again at four o'clock. Yeah. So this we know, this is the vata time from two to six. And so we know then that, ah, yes, there's excess vata. So we need to calm that down. Sometimes there's both of those things. And, uh, and, and so, so uh, and then from six to 10 a.m. and p.m. Uh, is the kapha time. And so, so if we get up in the kapha time of day, well, it's heavier. Yes, it's a heavier time of day. And so it's better if we can get up before six. So if you go to bed before 10 and you get up before six, you're going to have your best healing as well as 
uh, have the most energy through the day. And, uh, I, I, and doing that regularly oh, makes such a difference in how you feel, or it, it made a big difference in how I feel. And I certainly, I see it in all my clients too. We have some people who, <laughs> who become real cheerleaders for, for going to bed by 10 o'clock. It makes a huge difference. It does. It does. And, you know, if you think about it, if you stay up past 10 o'clock and uh, it's, let's say it's something you've been doing and that, you know, what happens, your energy comes up, you know, you sometimes you want to eat, you want to go out, you know, there's, there's this activity level and that energy should be put into our healing and into our relaxation. So when I talk about healing, I'm not just meaning that the body is ill uh, and that it is, it is our opportunity to allow a break to the body and to the mind. And this is so, so important for us to be able to work, wake up and feel refreshed. And, and so this is, uh, and this is something I think people have forgotten because pumping stimulants into the body and just thinking that we have to go and go and go. But that's also now why we have disorders like uh, adrenal fatigue and chronic fatigue and, and things of this nature because we're driving ourselves too much. Uh, and and uh, the sleep is meant to be a part of life. You know, we look at it in Ayurveda as one of the, one of the four pillars of health. And it's so strange, Myra, that recently there have been so much research and so much writing into the concept of these different sleep chronotypes and people being the night owl. And I've had multiple guests on the show talking about how certain people are wired to be the night owl. And... Um, I've had conversations with clients who countered quoting a study or a genetic test or a book recently and as to why they are wired to be the night owl. And I know I'm always going back to Ayurveda and yoga and how Ayurveda is the original circadian medicine way before it's come into the forefront today. But what would you like to share to somebody who's torn between the modern science and the concept of uh, Ayurvedic Kala and the timing? Well, there are a couple of things just to consider. In, in, in modern medicine, we have been trained to look at the problem and pick it apart, thinking that that the tiniest aspect of it is what's gonna make a difference. And you know, I, th I, I think as, as human beings looking for the answer in the problem, we kept, we kept going because we weren't getting the answer. So now everybody's talking about the genetics of it and that kind of thing. And I mean, I, I was brought up in modern science. I, my father was a scientist. I, I, that was what I thought I would do, but it also comes from a time where, where we got the idea that we're supposed to conquer nature. And the thing is that what, in Ayurveda then, what's different is that we recognize that we're made of all the same things that nature is. <laughs> and that 
we've been giving given some higher consciousness perhaps but but just like in our relating with other human beings we find that things really work the best when we work in concert with others and so in our case that would be working in concert with our own nature working in concert with nature so those are some thoughts to just consider with that and that that when we stay focused on the problem the solution isn't always obvious but if we shift our attention to how do I find a solution to this then I need to look at the whole picture I can't just look at one little piece of it so you know we can we can relate it we could relate it to our relating with other human beings yeah we have to we have to really look at the whole picture you know what a I want to be heard and recognized. You want to be heard and recognized. And we need to allow that flow. And it's really the same inside of us uh, that we, you know, that we're, that we recognize that we are, we are part of this nature and the flow of nature. And we're almost at the end of our episode, Myra. I, I heard a lot about the importance of Dhinacharya from you as a foundation for good sleep. Is it necessary that the Dhinacharya is specific to each individual or constitution? You know, you can start with something very simple. You know, I mentioned one thing that I do. Uh, you know, we, we do other things. Some people will start with just scraping the tongue. Some people will start with just having a regular bedtime. And, and, and this is all part of our, uh, can be part of our, our dinacharya. And so is it important? Mm, yes, it's important, but it's not absolutely necessary in the sense that, that we're still all human beings. And if we start with those basic things that we need in order to keep doshas balanced, that's a great place to start. And then from there, there are gonna be specific things that some people will need more than others. Yeah. So some people, it's really important for them to do a bhyanga as often as possible. Some other people and at certain times of year, they may not need to do it as often. Yeah. And, and so there, are, there, are, are, there is some uniqueness to it as well. Maybe if you could just leave our listeners with your top three general guidelines on starting a dinacharya. You mentioned Abhyanga. Maybe you could share a little bit about where somebody who doesn't know what is their constitution, where can they begin, what oil. Um, just three general guidelines where it's not going to create any imbalance in somebody, but in on the other hand, it might start to help them stabilize mm -hmm. their body. Okay, okay, yes, I think that, well, I mentioned Abhyanga, and mm, unless you're very hot-natured, most people can do well with, with a raw sesame oil. Uh, if that feels too warm or you don't like sesame oil for some reason, olive oil will work okay. And if you tend to be really hot natured and you, for example, live in a very hot place, uh, then, then you might use some coconut oil, maybe some sunflower oil. Uh, and, and again, and sometimes people that are even quite warm natured can do okay with the olive oil and it's a little bit lighter. Uh, and then another thing that really makes a difference, of, of course I mentioned 
is that it's just to get a regular sleep time before 10. You don't have to know your constitution to get the benefit of that. And the third thing, which might sound funny, but I've had many people tell me, and that is to chew your food thoroughly and don't, and don't eat within three hours of going to bed. And that will make a big difference in how your sleep goes. I think that's a great and such an important takeaway, Myra, because constantly people who have sleep issues and then they're talking about needing a pastry, a healthy homemade cake at 11 p.m. and then they're struggling with sleep challenges. I think that was probably, I feel, the most important takeaway of all of it. Where can mm -hmm. people find you if they'd like to know about your work or consult with you? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, well, the, the, the name of our, 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 of our company is Hale Pule. It's H-A-L-E-P-U-L-E.com. And Hale Pule means house of prayer in Hawaiian language, which is where the company was started. And, uh, and then we're also on uh, Instagram and Facebook. And so, uh, yeah, we'd love to have you come and visit us. Thank you, Myra, for giving us your time and your pearls of wisdom today. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Yeah, thanks for having me. In this episode, Myra showed us the power of having a dinacharya. I'd really like to end this episode by talking about consistency versus information. All of us fall into an information trap where we focus our energies on reading more, listening to more podcasts and watching more videos. However, consistency of even one small practice is far more powerful. Choose one practice that resonates with you. Make an intention to do it every single day for the next 30 days and notice how your sleep, and your entire life shift for the better. Have a wonderful day. This podcast is intended to provide helpful and informative material on the subject matter covered in the episodes. The podcast is not acting in the capacity of a doctor or a registered dietitian and is not rendering any professional healthcare or medical service. The information in the podcast is not intended as a substitute for medical advice or services or as treatment or cure for any particular health condition. The advice and tools contained herein may not be suitable for your situation. Any medical questions regarding contraindications and cautions or any questions on whether or not to proceed with any practices provided in the show should be referred to qualified health professionals before adopting the same. The podcast specifically disclaims any responsibility for any liability, loss, risk, personal or otherwise which may be incurred as a direct or indirect consequence of the use of information from this podcast or the application adoption of any of the information provided.